0: Live from the basement. It's. The Swings. And. Tay. <laughs> Keep it basement. Oh,
1: Sam, B, the intern.
0: Sam, your mic is off. <laughs>
1: you want to fucking show that?
0: All right. Yo, stop cursing. The FCC is not playing.
1: <laughs> He's trying to get.
0: get, get we just got to back like on iTunes. State man. your name,
2: gangster.
1: Yeah, state your name. Sam B, the muted intern, not paid, Jersey, basement. Thank you for your contribution. Rain, man. We appreciate it. Now I'm going to go back and mute
0: it. So, popping Mike, what's going on, player? What's popping, poppin'? fam? What's, what's popping? Poppin'? Chilling you. Yo, any, anything crazy going down in the basement recently, man? Mad pool parties. Mad pool parties. I, we was just tearing them Ooh, up I in pool, you. man. <laughs> we was down here C-Lo. playing pool. CeeLo and everything, man. We got the wee Spark. No, we don't. CeeLo champs yeah man so uh thanks yeah, for rocking with well, us keep it basement <laughs> special guest tonight we got eb sam b.
1: shut he's the suffered. fuck up
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god
2: <laughs> we want sam b oh i'm muting him for real now we dude. want eb <laughs> he's angry <laughs>
0: this is crazy we can't even do a podcast with this guy here so yeah like like we were trying to say we got eb Easy E's daughter great person Great very person, very, very nice, very awesome.
2: very humble, passionate individual. Very nice to talk to. Yeah, she
0: was easy to talk to too, which is one of my favorite things about her. She just kept going. Oh, we already, we already
2: it, talked to her, or we didn't talk? We're talking. We
0: always already talked to her. Oh,
2: right, talk right, to. Right, I
0: thought so. Yeah, we already talked to her. Um, yeah, easy to talk cool to. Cool interview, man. Yeah, man. So definitely check that out. Um, like like always, if you have any feedback for the show, make sure you hit us up at keepitbasementpodcast at gmail um if you want us to interview any special (laughs) guests or anything like that and
2: she co-signed our work so yeah man
0: yeah that was the best yo at the end she definitely co-signed us she said we're friends
2: and all the whack uh news reporters and other media you know things yeah she appreciated those interviews but this interview we did our research and we knew about actual hip-hop and nwa and E Z E.
0: right so it wasn't like surface level bullshit that she was you know answering the same three or four questions
2: this is legit shit conspiracy theories not afraid to speak the mind type questions
0: yeah and we didn't really know going in we thought our yeah, questions I be were, too, were too, too crazy
2: because you know uh, god bless the dead and everything like right. that you know and you know
0: another thing was she wasn't answering any of these questions prior like in your no, research no, or no, anything no. because no one was asking these questions and it's not that she didn't want to answer them i don't think and you don't think that these these media outlets knew hip-hop cared about hip-hop or knew they EZ were just was, about the movie or you know yeah but even that you did is you can segue into anything yeah. but you know uh, she, I think she was really excited to actually talk about her father, uh, talk about the movie and her upcoming projects and things like that. So it was a super cool interview.
2: Did we not cover it all? I feel like we got the Bone thugs and harmony situation. Uh-huh. We got uh, Jerry Holler. We got right. uh, Lil Eazy-E. We got Suge Knight. We got Dre, Cube, Ren, NWA, Yella.
0: I think for... You know, a 40-minute interview, we did cover a lot of ground, and a lot of it that hasn't been out there. I mean, there were a lot of exclusive things. She even said, you know, I didn't really tell anybody this, but X, Y, Z, so and so and so and forth. So you know, yeah, we got some good stuff. We got some real good stuff.
2: Just gotta put it out to the right people. Oh Jesus Christ, this guy!
0: What'd you say, Sam? It was lit. It was lit. It was lit. All right, awesome. Uh, Thanks for that again. It's
2: funny because his voice isn't that bad.
0: Who, Sam? Yeah, but he just doesn't say anything. He's like. He says at the wrong time, so he'll be like, interview with Sam B. <laughs> oh, oh it was, a, it was a, it a
3: fucking funny joke. Yeah, it was fucking lit, man. Last night. If <laughs> well, you see the game, I get mad bitches. Like, what?
0: That's he's what, angry. That's what happens <laughs> when he's 16, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, Do not get any 16-year-old interns. Do not They're so immature If anyone is
1: looking for a 16 year old intern And wants to pay I'm up for uh, grabs I'm ready to leave here at any moment uh, (laughs) That's what I I'll add my Snapchat Take take
0: him Take him Take him So before we get into this interview We got our intern here of course He's getting here He's here to drop some bars for y'all Freestyle You understand My intern here 16 (laughs) years old My fam He got bars Ain't nobody messing with this dude right here Yo Sam Top of the Take game. it boy. Let's go. Keep it. Keep uh. the
1: basement. Live in the basement. TV's a-blazing. I got the polls here. Like uh NWA. Uh <coughs> Yankees fans in here. We got the fucking beers. You know it's Bud Light over everything. And we got the aux cord. and uh I'm in the in the Honda Accord and uh fuck the police as Tay says what fuck the core man. We in the basement Tail Flex to drop a bomb on this shit. So many bombs ring the alarms like Vietnam She's in this copying shit. So many f- nah, dude, I just wrote. I just thought of that. That, that was sounds like that sounds like Kendrick. Dude, this is 2010. I don't know that's what you're that's talking control. about. That's, that's control verse, bro. That's Kendrick <laughs> control verse. I knew this shit's half a million. Yo, what are you talking about, yeah, man? I wrote that first. <laughs> Who's Kendrick? Kendrick bro. got it from me. This is 2001. <laughs> this is 2001.
0: Get so the fuck out of here! I don't know Fucking, what you're talking about, bro. Get the fuck out of here, Drake Jr. What the fuck. <laughs> All right, the vibe. All right. All right man. We this
2: shit? Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> do, you do you want to give a rundown of the interview? Let Sam do the rundown of the interview.
1: It's the insert and Sam B had dope interview with E. B. Right. Easy E's daughter. I didn't talk, cause my mic was muted, and shit like that. That's about it, bro. Hit me up on Snapchat, ladies. Holla at your boy, Tay, Sweens. I'm out. Sam, thank you, man. It was been a, it's been a pleasure. It's been a
0: pleasure. Amen. Always,
1: It's my pleasure.
0: Thank you for the update, Sam. Hey guys,
3: this is Evie, and you're listening to Keep It Basement.
0: So Evie, how are you today? How are you doing?
3: I'm doing good. Just been extremely busy. Um, for between interviews, music. I actually have a session tonight um, in the studio, so I'm just like, after you, I think I'm going to get me a little nap in. <laughs> I don't know where you guys are I don't know if you're in L.A. or not, but it's extremely hot, so I've just been like, I'm running around, burning up.
0: Yeah, nah, we're in New Jersey, but it's hot here, too. But I feel you. I know
2: the L.A. weather. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel about Jason Mitchell, the actor who played your father in Sherida Compton?
3: Um, I think that there was no one better for it. I mean, he was just great. Like literally, I mean, you know, especially what happened he had to work with. I mean, he didn't have my father here to coach him and, you know, just really him hang out with him and him pick up on his demeanor. He really just listened to a lot of, you know, stories during Cube told him as like, you know, as their brother, as a brother. And then he watched a lot of videos on YouTube, um, a lot of interviews. Like he, he really studied him and to be honest, his hard work paid off. I mean, I'm, so proud and i really don't feel like anyone could have done a better job i mean he channeled everything his personality his mannerisms um demeanor just everything i mean he he was just absolutely
2: phenomenal yeah i really liked the part when he put the shades on and he went in again to start rapping boys in the hood and <laughs> oh yeah the, in the movie it was interesting how it was portrayed how easy like necessarily what, he didn't start off as a natural rapper he had the money and mm-hmm. then, he started like there, and I thought that was a cool story. How it took a couple of days for him to take that song "Boys in the Hood" and just make it a masterpiece, though the way he took it. Yeah, it I thing. mean, and you know,
3: and that that was that was true. And a lot of people don't know that you know he wasn't an artist first. He he didn't get in to be an artist, but he was was a businessman, a hustler, and a, a visionary. Honestly, just someone who took a risk and believing in other talent. And um, you know, they don't exactly show why Dre really seen something in him you know in the movie it kind of just suggests like a just kind of on a fluke like you know you go in there and do it but really dre just seeing something special in my dad too and um you know and that's what was so beautiful about it you know people don't know he wasn't an artist very it's something he just had like an it factor he had a great voice and there was something special about him but what he really was was the, the driving force of the whole situation and you know it just the visionary
0: yeah that's awesome i didn't know that that's great um were you on set during the movie
3: yeah, it was. So how a was, couple
0: of times. How was the energy and atmosphere on the set? You know, it
3: was, it was really, it was, inter- it was interesting. Um, you know, for me, I just felt like a lot of things were bittersweet. I mean, you know, and, and some of the things that I didn't agree with, you know, it felt like that I, I could change anything, you know. Um, But, you know, it was cool. I, honestly, a lot of the stuff that I was there for were a lot of the performance scenes. Okay. So, um, you know, it was kind of interesting to just kind of see the, the concerts. That, you know, my mom was actually on the set with me and um, one of my brothers and one of my sisters. And, you know, she actually lived through a lot of that, you know, being mm-hmm. at concerts and being around my dad. So for her, it was it was really interesting. You know, we were kind of watching the stories that we had always heard, you know, growing yeah. up. So, I mean, it, it was
2: kind of cool. The one thing I personally didn't agree with was how, like, you saw Ice Cube and Dr. Dre raise a family and have, like, a girl, a steady girl. And then, like, in Straight Outta Compton... You didn't see, like, EZ being a family man and, like, the other side of him. You know what I'm saying?
3: Absolutely. You know, and those are the things that I have. I know everyone was, like, kind of... I don't know if you guys see what, A lot of people asked me about the tweets that I wrote and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's about yeah, About the movie, because, you know, I was in full support. I am in full support of the movie, mm-hmm. and, you know, I didn't want anybody to get that confused, and, I, you know, wasn't bashing it at all. It was just a lot of my dad's storyline that was left out. Um, yeah. And that was because of Tamika, who does own the rights to my dad. And, you know, she didn't want any of the women shown Um, Any other people that were in his life. And to to be honest, I mean, a lot of it, it was really against my mom. You know, my mom was the one who was actually with my dad all throughout NWA. She was with him from late 88 to 1994. And the last year, Tamika was with him. So she didn't even have, that's why you don't see any of that story, because she didn't know any of the stories to tell. You know, she controlled the storyline. And, um, you know, all of the real stories were left out. You know, my, my mom played My mom just wasn't a person who was with my dad and had a kid. Yeah. You know, she was actually in the business. Um, she was a music manager, and she actually even signed... Um, people don't know this stuff, but, you know, i will touched a lot of this on my documentary, but, you know, she brought in people like Rhythm D, who produced Real and City G. She brought in the, the writers. She brought in mm. DJ Unique, who pretty much produced all of the stuff for Bone, Thugs and Harmony. These are all yeah. her producers, and um, she... Uh, she actually, she managed Lil Half Dead and worked with Dad and Dogtown, and um, she had a connection to a lot of people, um, even Shug, to be honest, people don't know, but my mom actually knew Shug before she met my dad. You know, at 14 years old, that was like her big brother. And she had a connection to both worlds, the death row world and the, you know, ruthless world and all that. And, you know, a lot of people, they kind of, the people that, you know, are my dad's real life, even watching that film, were really frustrated like, you know, so much was left out, so much history, and so much stuff that really happened through you, Tracy, you know, um, and, and I do blame that on Timbuken, and honestly, that was a lot of stuff that I really was kind of talking about in the tweets, and, yeah, you know, yeah. to be honest, like, the reason why I have been in support of the film, because, one, it's a great film, and people yeah. still need to learn their history, and, you know, I did talk about, you know, it was about NWA as a collective, it's not just the E.D.E. story, yeah, right. and um, to be honest, um, Dre and Cube and F. Gary Gray, I mean, i appreciate them greatly because, you know, they they definitely were sensitive to the situation and tried to, you know, make the best of the story that they could to their ability, you know?
2: And I think, like, a lot of it, which is a tough thing, it's a conflict of interest, you had to, like, sacrifice. Either you didn't want the story out at all or you wanted the the important parts in.
3: Exactly. And, you know, that's exactly what it was. And, and, you know, it's fine because, I mean, I'd rather have what we got than nothing at all. You know, I I spoke on a lot of, you know, really me being excited mainly for my own generation to understand who my dad was and, um, you know, how he paved the way and, and yeah. how, you know, how he believed in Dray Cube and how everything happened, you know. Yeah. A lot of people don't really understand. They know he's this icon, this legend, and they see him, and they know he looks like the whole image, but they don't really understand the history. And, you know, and to me that was the most important thing. So at least they did get to touch on it enough to where people are like, okay, I see who this easy was and, and NWA, you know. People my age, they only understand Dre from Beach, you know, right, and, um, right, yeah. and, and and the, you know, the, the more current artists like the M&M's and, uh, you know, 50 Cent's and stuff like that. They knew all that stuff, but they, they didn't yeah. really know the history. And, and a lot of people, especially Ice Cube, that I don't even think people understood how great of a writer and, you know, and how smart he was, to be honest. Yeah. They didn't see him in, in these movies. So, I That's mean, true. overall, I mean, I think they touched on enough, you know, to get the point across, and, and you know, and I'm, I'm really proud of that.
0: And, of course, you know, they dealt with the time limit constraints and all that, you know, just as, you know, all movies <laughs> have to do. But, um, you know, talking about that, what's in store for A Ruthless Scandal, the documentary you're, you're creating? Can you give us a rundown on that?
3: So, yeah, I mean, that, I mean I'm mean, i producing that with um, my oldest sister, my, my dad's oldest daughter, and um, my mother. And, you know, we that's something we've been working on for years. It's, it's not anything new because of the movie came out. It's just great timing that the movie did come out, like I said, to really get people re um, reeducated with the history so mm-hmm. that when these two stories are coming out, they kind of understand, you know. But a lot of the real fans, they do know that there was so much missing, and in the documentary, you know, we are going to talk, we're going to touch on a lot of my dad's life um, from personal and just a lot of the accomplishments that they didn't show in, in film, you know, and then, mm-hmm. but it's mainly surrounding all the scandal behind his death, um, talking to everyone um, that was just around him, um, you know, from from Jerry, to Taylor, to family members, to his artist, uh, what happened to Ruthless? What happened to his estate? People don't even know any of these things. Um, there's just a lot of people in his life. So I know people are wondering, like, okay, you're, you were four years old when he passed. How are you doing this documentary? Well, this documentary, it's, it's, you know, my mom lived through it, and everybody that was in my dad's life, these are real stories being told, and you'll see me going to talk to them about it. You know what I mean? So it's not like... You're just going to be watching me, like, saying all these things, and you're trying to figure out how do I know this stuff. Like, no, I'm going to be talking to everybody that was in his life and everybody that was yeah. there so see who's to, to gain what from his passing, you know? Yeah. You, it, it, it's, it's very scandalous. It's a, it's a lot of things that the world does not know. It's very jaw-dropping, and it, it needs to be told, and there is no better time.
2: I'm I'm a True Eazy fan. I read about this stuff, and uh, lately a lot of uh, interviews are coming back up. I don't know if you know about it, but like the one, for instance, the Jimmy Kimmel Live late night clip with Suge Knight talking about how you could shoot people and have them die slowly with AIDS, HIV, etc., and then making a joke at Eazy. I don't know if you saw that, and I don't know what you think yeah, about I think, that.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm asking that years ago. Yeah.
2: Uh, what, like what's what's going on with that? Because recently your brother, I don't know your relationship with your brother, but he just spoke out about it, saying that uh, Suge Knight might have had something to do with the death of your father and also Ice Cube's album titled Lethal Injection, meaning like, Ice Cube knew as well like what was up because of his, the album title. Um,
3: my brother running around saying that, I'll tell you, be honest, he doesn't know anything or nothing of what he's even talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it, it's very, it's very unfortunate when, I mean, you know, my dad does have nine kids yeah. and a couple of which he didn't even know, to be honest, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Wow. And, um, you know, it, it's just a thing where everybody's kind of growing up and everybody's trying to find their way and everybody's trying to figure it out, yeah, you know, yeah. and but you feel your dad's not here and then you have this big movie coming out and you feel like, okay, I got an opportunity to say something and then you're just kind of talking out of your ass, I'm just yeah. being honest, like who's my friend, but I'm just saying, like, um, you know, and and, and that's why the the documentary is important. So to be honest, I mean, I'm going to talk, you'll you'll see me talking to all my siblings and you'll get to see how everybody feels, you know. This is not something that I'm just doing on my own. Like I said, it's from with my dad's oldest daughter who we don't even share the same mother. um, You know, and my mom, who everybody knows was with my dad the entire time. So um, you're going to get everybody's perspective and everybody's going to get an opportunity to speak Um, as far as him talking about Suge and all that stuff. Every, I, I don't know what he's talking about, where he even got, came to that conclusion when he doesn't really know much. Yeah. But, um, I mean, everybody has their own conspiracy theories, you know? And yeah. it, to be honest, the documentary is going to touch on all
2: of that. Yeah, because I wanted to speak to you because I knew that you were very close with your father and your mother was as well. And also, about I thought it was cool how the hologram, they wanted to do an easy hologram and they used your face for that.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's actually kind of cool that you know that because most people don't know. Um, I actually shot, like, a lot of behind-the-scenes footage of that. I never released it. And um, I actually, you know, I was just talking to someone. I was like, you need to probably just edit this video down and we can just put it out. Because, you know, it is really cool. Yeah. You know, it's just the whole process of the situation. And, and people get really intrigued that because I'm a girl, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I look a lot like a dad. You know, there's the just things that I get used for or, or get asked um, to do.
0: What's something special about your dad that wasn't in the movie but you would like the world to know?
3: You, you know what? It's, I don't even think that there was any one specific thing that was special that was left out. Other, You know, other than, like, just more of his accomplishments, I don't think that. I mean, I think that he did get a lot more credit, um, but I still don't think that he has gotten all the credit that he deserves. And, you know, with them leaving out a lot of his accomplishments, like, it's really difficult. You know, in the movie they show when Cube and Dre left, it, they make it seem like he was just kind of down and out and sick and depressed and lonely and left high and dry, and that that really wasn't the case. You know, that's why I did tweet out, you know, they should have showed the Beast with him and Dre, and they should have shown all that stuff, and him discovering Bone Thugs, you know, like, mm-hmm, things like mm-hmm. that. Because, I mean, those are just huge moments in their history, and, and you'll see he still was kind of like the man, you know what I mean? Like, even with all that, and, you know, and then it does go back to the truth is, he, you know, he did call them before he passed away um, to, for them to get back together. That, that is true, and, and even in that, I mean, those are moments that even people watching the film, you would have felt even, it would have been even more touching because you would have been like, wow, they went through all this drama, broke up, still were dissing each other, this and that, and at the end of the day, they really were brothers and really did love each other, you know? But it doesn't show that. It just shows, like, oh, he was sad and he was desperate, so he was calling them up. No, that's not the case right, at all. Right.
2: And Bone Thugs, uh, one of the members or a couple of the members thought something was fishy too with the, you know, how everything went with Ruthless and with uh, Tamika Woods and Jerry Holler. They said like Jerry Holler was fired but still in the office, and they said it was just a weird situation over there. And they stayed because they had to stay because their contract was still on. But they were talking about that in several interviews that something was like weird and there was something scandalous going on at Ruthless Records. I don't know if you know about that. You probably know about it, obviously. Yeah, I do. There
3: was a lot. There was a lot of scandalous stuff all over. Board, and that's exactly what this documentary is about and that's why it's entitled a ruthless scandal what's the
2: craziest conspiracy theory you heard surrounding the whole situation <laughs>
3: um i've heard of all the same stuff uh, him being injected with aids uh, yeah. this one killing him that one killing him um yeah, i mean there, there's been so there's been so many stories out there and it's I mean, there's even been different perspectives um, from people that you know that do personally know him, and um, you know, on in this documentary, you're gonna literally watch the journey. You're gonna, you're gonna be able to walk through it with me, yeah. and listening to everything and what everybody knows, yeah, and what yeah. part everybody played in all of the whole situation.
2: Because Ruthless was making twenty million dollars a month at one point, and then there was financial troubles. It just it was just a whole weird. You know.
3: There, yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. It, it's all that's one big scandal.
0: So how long is this uh, documentary that you're creating going to be? Because I know that, you know, you've voiced your opinion about uh, Straight Outta Comp and not, you know, showing every, you know, everything that it possibly mm-hmm. could. So how do you feel that you can, you know, change that or, or make it better when you you're in what? control I mean, of your, I, um you know? Yeah, we,
3: we've talked about it um, before. I mean, it's actually been presented as being a two-part documentary. Okay. Um And we've been trying to figure out, you know, would we be able to fit everything in, you know, an hour and 45 minutes or two hours tops. I don't think anybody wants to watch a six-hour documentary. You know, it's a little different because it's not like it's acting. This is, like, real life.
4: I'd watch
3: it. You know, it's going to be raw and real. Um, So I'm not exactly sure yet. Um, But, you know, in some time, you know, I'll have more of an idea. But I do know that we're definitely trying to, get this out, you know, this, this same time next year.
0: So, what can you tell us about your upcoming new music?
3: Oh, man, that's exciting. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. I'm hoping to release my EP um, early October. I was trying to get it finished in September, but I'm a perfectionist, and <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, let me not rush it. Like, It's okay. Like, Let me just take my time. Um, in October, um, I did have a buzz single out that was called Girl Crush. produced by Sunny Digital, um, but I a, I'm working on a lot of people. The, uh, detail I don't know if you guys are familiar with him he did like Drunk in Love, for, uh, Drunk in Love with Beyonce we did Boys with Khalifa. Um, you know I don't rap I don't do music like my dad I'm, do, right. I sing and R- I do R-B, pop yeah. music but you know I do have um, a lot more hip hop influence in my music and um, I definitely have a couple of surprise features on this EP
2: who do you listen to today I saw you at a future concert and uh, like stuff like that I know you worked with <laughs> Sony Digital like what other rappers do you listen to today
3: Future is the GOAT. I love Future. Um, Kanye is my favorite artist, yes. all around, all across the board. Um, and you know, and that—that's from um, just him mentally, um, him being an artist, him his fashion, just his passion. I think overall, like um, that—that's definitely somebody who's b- very mm. inspiring. Um, you know, I actually like tell people when they go, okay, what kind of person are you, or you know, what kind of music do you do, and I, I literally tell them. You know, if Kanye West and Avril Lavigne had a baby, you get EB. <laughs> I think that makes <laughs> the most perfect sense for me. Um, you know, but I mean, I listen to all kinds of music, to be honest. Most people don't know. I listen to country music those pop music. I mean, I grew up on Avril Lavigne and Britney Spears and Spice Girls, you know. Um, de- um, it's not just like I listen to Stinks or Rap or Rap Music, you know. I'm all across the board. But, um, you know, definitely the future, Kanye, Drake, of course um let me see you know i mean rihanna i mean she's absolutely incredible there's not many artists that can do what she does i mean she can pull off pretty much anything mm-hmm. so uh, that's, that's 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 inspiring in itself so yeah
2: if your father was still alive today weird question i know but what do you think he would be doing
3: my dad you know what i think i think he'd be like jay-z i think that he'd be he a good into all kind all kinds of business ventures um even You know, even with him dabbling in sports at this point, um, I think across the board, he, he'd he be doing everything. And I, I think because the people have asked me before, too, you know, would you think he'd be proud of the music business? And my answer is always yes, because, you know, now in the music business, so many people are independent. Like, yeah. and you know, that's what he was doing, doing it on his own, being who he wanted to be, um, you know, speaking up for what he wanted to speak on. And, you know, and now we kind of... And whether the artist wanted to or not, in this day and age, everyone was kind of forced to be independent and really get out there and make it on your own. Yeah. You know, even for me, people. Some the biggest misconception I have is people think I have it easy because I'm easy. His daughter. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah. But I don't. So I gotta, I got, I gotta kick down doors in the same way that he did. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, and really fight for it, especially because I'm so different from him. Yeah. I probably would be a little easier if I was. Uh, you know, a mini hymn. If I was a boy and I was a rapper and, you know, I was trying to just recreate, it'd be a little easy too, you know? But that's not what I'm doing here. I'm a girl. I grew up completely different. I listen to different music. And a lot of people also don't know this thing. Um, I don't even get my, I don't think I get my musical talents from my dad's side. On my mom's side, Mm. my my grandparent, my um, my grandfather and my great-grandfather are singers. Um, My great-grandfather was in a band. He played the drums and he sang backup for Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, like, wow. my musical background, yeah, my musical background is really on my mother's side. So, a lot of people think, oh, because she's easy as out, she's trying to do music. Like, no, I mean, I literally have grown up in music. I was in chorus when I was in elementary school. Like, this has been my entire
2: life. Yeah, I, st- I love how you said that you're different from your father, but you still ride with his legacy and support it.
3: Absolutely.
2: E- in the movie, I thought this was funny, uh, Easy e loves saying that line about the White House paying $1,500 for a million dollars of press. Not that many people know this whole story behind that. Um, if you wanted to explain that story, I thought it was an interesting story uh, about how he was at the Republican dinner with the president and he he uh, did a lot of uh, charity work and things of that nature that you didn't like. You know what I mean? You didn't see that side of EZ where he was funny guy, friendly guy and did charity.
3: Yeah, you know it's funny? A lot of, it, that's another thing. A lot of people don't know. You know, he was been to a lot of charities. You know, there was actually one after his class thing that they actually asked me to come in and be a part of because I did a lot of charities since I was little, too. Nice. It was called Athletes and Entertainers for Kids. And, um, you know, they didn't really get into that in the movie. You know, you do hear the, see the part where kids asking him, like, how Hi, you, you know, going, sitting down at the White House, you know, all that. But they don't yeah. really show really what it took to get there. You know, he was very loving. Very giving, very genuine, and, um, and, and very funny, and a jokester, and, you know, he, I think he found humor in everything, and, and, and they do kind of touch on, you know, him talking about, you know, all publicity is good publicity. Yeah. So, you know, that's nothing bigger But somebody going from some records like Fuck the Police to walking and having dinner in the White House. So, <laughs> I, I mean, it's just absolutely incredible.
2: I think it's hilarious, too, how Ice Cube plays a cop in movies now. It's pretty ironic.
3: Right, right.
2: And uh, what is your relationship with uh, Jerry Holler?
3: With Jerry Hellas, yeah. Um, we are actually very close. Um, you know what, I haven't seen him in a little bit. Um, we actually used to live in the same like data community. Really? Um, but I my mother and I both actually just talked to him last week and um uh, he he was gonna go see the movie, um,
2: with his lawyers.
3: And so we had That's said.
2: he said he was going to see the movie with his lawyers, meaning like he was ready to sue because I don't think he really gets along with Ice Cube too well.
3: <laughs> yeah, they, this is the thing. Well, because no one talked to Jerry uh, about his just his perspective, or anything from the movie, yeah. they just really went off of their own perspective, yeah, they, which is fine because the story was told from them, you yeah. know, and that that is how they felt at the time. But you know, and I, I, in Jerry's defense, you know, it. I feel like you know if they could have gotten his side too, yeah. um, and things that he went through, and um, you know, I mean, I've, I've been really close to Jerry Heller my entire life, um. And, yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to be seeing him next week. I know he was supposed to go see the movie, so I'm probably going to sit down and say, okay, well, what did you think? They definitely um, make him
2: <laughs> look like the bad guy.
3: Yeah, and I mean, you know, and, in, and at that time, I think they really did think that. They, they did think that yeah. he was the bad guy, but to be honest, if my dad was here and he had told his story, once again, it would have been a completely different story because he would have been telling the other side, you, you know. And, you yeah. know, they kind of to touch on it a little bit, yeah. but they make it seem like Jerry was only about my dad. But that's not the truth. The yeah. truth. What I like to tell people, you know, EZE Jer- and Jerry Heller are equivalent to what Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine are today. Hmm. They, I just don't think that they understood that business aspect back then and yeah, even exactly. in those years. Yeah. It was just ahead of their time, and and, that, and that's why my dad was a visionary. He was very ahead of his time you know he was a drop older than them but he was so much more advanced and um you know I, you 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 can you can get mad at that at the time when I mean, they were young you know coming out of high school and all that stuff and it, i don't think there's anything wrong i i'm not mad at them at all for feeling or i don't think anybody should be mad at them for feeling like they were cheated or they were getting played or jerry was uh, the bad guy or evil um but i don't think that that was the case at all
2: so we, just to clarify because there's people going around that think that Uh, jerry heller had something to do with your father's death and like the demise of ruth's record you don't think so at all
3: no and i don't i don't think that at all absolutely not i mean jerry Jerry loved my father as if he was his own father
2: and what can you tell us about like other business ventures that you're doing i know that you you create hats and things of that nature right oh
3: yeah yeah so um yeah i just dropped my hat line my ev hats it's weird because you know i just been wearing hats for years, um, just naturally just like a hat to the point where I did, if I didn't have a hat on, I felt uncomfortable, honestly. So after a while, I started putting easy on hats, really just like some shameless self promotion. But I didn't have any intention of actually creating hats. But what happened was me just literally just wearing them all the time. You know, a lot of 90% of my guy friends are professional athletes. So, like, I would be out, and people, they would start snatching them off my head. or start asking me, like, when am I getting my E V hat, you know? And yeah. I would start I would, I would be like, wait, you could wear this? And they'd be like, yeah. And, like, just it kind of it really happened organically. And then I was like, you know what, I'm just going to, maybe I should just make these. So I did start off with, like, some basic snapbacks. I mean, I launched my website, wewanteb.com. But my second phase of hats were actually getting into, like, custom designs, like, more high-end hats, um, you know, similar to, like, a Don C. Um, which I'm really excited for. I yeah. mean, it, it, it was a passion that, you know, I, I didn't have any intention of selling it or doing anything. It really was just for myself. It's something that I love. I love to wear hats. And it, it's actually kind of cool. You know, it's not the yeah. typical thing that most people do. And I, I think I got it honest from my dad just thinking it outside the box. Mm.
0: So what's more important to you? I mean, we ask this question to, to a lot of our guests. But what's more important, passion or profit
3: and why? Passion or profit? I'm 100% passion. First of all, most people make a profit from their passion, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, and I mean, that's something that that, that just comes, and I don't, I don't think you should live with, uh, you know, your life just looking for the money. I, mean, I think you'll just be a miserable person doing something like that. But I mean, I always really, I like definitely, you got to do the things that you love, the things that you're feeling. I mean, those are the things that are going. It's going to happen better and faster because you really believe in something. You know, a lot of people, anybody can just go to a job and make some money here. Um, but really, really, really doing something that you love and been passionate about. it I mean, that that's the joy in life to me, at least.
0: So what's your motivational drive? I mean, I, I know you've probably hit a lot of roadblocks in your life. And as you said, just because you're <laughs> Easy es daughter doesn't mean that, you know, the world is going to be given to you. So how do you, right. how do you remain headstrong and, and how do you knock down the barriers that are, you know, in your way?
3: You know what? I got to give that credit to my mother. I mean, I don't think that I've met. A stronger woman, um, and you know, it, and it's hard being a female in the business that we are in as well. Um, um, I, I really give her all the all the credit for that. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, it's It is very difficult. Nothing is easy, and it, to me, it's just like when you're when you're passionate about something, you love something, you just continue to do it. And a lot of a lot of my fight, honestly, has been this documentary, really getting the truth out about my dad. And you know what? As much as I love music, as much as I love fa- fashion, and I love sports. To me, everything that I do is really, you know, in hopes of having a bigger voice to mm. be able to use, you know, have a more, more of a um, influence. Yeah. Um, and then I speak up on different things, not just my dad, but the different things in this world. The same in the same way that he did. You know, I'm very big on that. So, to me, my drive is always getting bigger to, to be to have much more of an impact on people.
2: Did uh, did NWA and your father, Easy, uh, inspire you and motivate you to like? think outside the box, but also put yourself out there because there was a time they weren't going to put fuck the police out, but then they did. And then it seemed like, in a good way, they wanted to stand out. They dressed in all black. They were the all-star team, they said, like the all-star group. And also there was times in interviews where your father was wearing... A straight jacket and like a Jason mask, so he was pretty much like he was, <laughs> yeah. he was hyping himself up, playing the part, and it, it seemed like he like yeah. you know he loved it. He really wasn't crazy, but he 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 amplified it and he hyped it up and he put himself out there.
3: Uh, uh, he he loved all of it. I mean, uh, he uh, he had a, a tattoo on his hand, and a lot of people thought it was like a devil worshipping thing, and you know obviously he was not into that. He found it hilarious. He really did. He found it hilarious. I've heard stories from many people. I have pictures of my dad, and he you can just clearly see it playing his day, you know, and he found it hilarious that people would even believe that stuff, you know, and it's kind of like social media now, you know, you kind of can have a facade, and you you can just have these pretend lies, and some people get a kick out of it, you know, he was really one of those people, and it was kind of like, okay, well, if this is getting the attention, and this is making us bigger, and, you know, I'm all for it, you know, he didn't care, because what him and Cube and Dre were doing, um, was, you know, using using their power, using their influence yeah. and, you know, everything to speak out on all the things that were happening that they watched, that they felt were wrong. And, and to me, th- there's nothing wrong in that. And, and to have a little fun behind it, I mean,
0: hey. Yeah. So what do you think some of the misconceptions are about your father? I mean, in the movie, it showed a little bit of him laughing, you know, having a good time. But
2: from what I read about him, it shows that,
0: you know, he really had a soft side.
2: And also, the, the, oh, we just talked absolutely. about how he would play the uh, crazy part and people like media outlets would actually think like NWA is so negative, they're crazy, they're lunatics, but it was just kind of, you know, a facade in a way. Everyone isn't like that crazy. Absolutely. I
3: mean, that that is the biggest misconception with him. Everyone thinking, you know, he was just this little gangster with his looks on and his hat and, you know, and not knowing how genuine he was and, uh, you know, his drive and, and just him believing in other people and him being so caring and giving and being silly, you know. And that's one thing, you know, my grandmother used to tell me all the time. My grandma, my mom's mom, she's a Jewish lady, a white Jewish lady. Mm -hmm. And she would be like, everybody thinks that Eric was just so, you know, mean and gangster. She's like, he is Mm -hmm. the sweetest, most loving (laughs) young man. Like, that's literally how she talked about him. And I was like, yeah, but people weren't thinking he was literally sitting up with some Jewish grandparents in the house being some uh, some sweetheart, you know. People people didn't really know that side. And I like in the movie, you know, they do show, uh, you know, his just being funny, you know, his personality. And, and everybody that did know him knew that he was like that. He was a big jokester, too. He played a lot of pranks. I mean, I've heard stories my entire life, just on the different pranks that he pulled on all kinds of people, really just like a, a big kid at heart. Mm-hmm.
0: Can you share one of those pranks with us?
3: Oh, my goodness, yeah. Um, I know... There's uh one thing I can't remember if it was a um if it was a, I think it was a Chucky doll or something he had in his house you know in his house he had a lot of like uh like uh of evil characters like that like uh, Chucky and uh, I think he had um oh my God I'm trying to think what is the name like a Predator Um yeah, he had like yeah, all these like, yeah, yeah. little like figures like they were really big though in his house and he liked the whole dark and like evil thing and I I know that one night like he had something it was with my mom and um. He, he has the dolls just, like, kind of set you standing there, you know, when you open up the door. <laughs> like, stuff like that. Just, like, you know, to scare you. Like, just little, little silly stuff all of the time.
2: Uh, in, the, in the We Want Easy video, he was wearing this. It was, like, the craziest jacket. When I was a kid, I loved it. I wanted it so bad. It was, like, kind of looked like a, pre- <laughs> a Predator symbol, but it was a Raider jacket. I don't know if you remember it. It was, like, blinging. It was glowing. Like, on uh, the part of it was, like, glowing. It was, like, a Raider sign, but it looked like uh-huh, a Predator. Uh-huh. It reminded me of that. Because he always had the flyest Raider gear.
3: Yeah. <laughs> is there any is ironic? I'm, I'm not a Raider fan. <laughs> oh, oh
2: man, we got some Raider gear right here. Are
3: you? Yeah. You're a fan. Are you? I, I, you know what? I got I got some friends that play for the Raiders, and there's uh, you nobody. Know, like, they don't win, you know. Of
4: course.
3: <laughs> they <just have> <laughs> Nah, they, they're on the, they they on the, the come up. Of,
0: it's hard to be a fan. The biggest,
3: like, yeah. I know they got Amari uh, Cooper over there, but he's doing some things. I mean, yeah, the team. I feel like it's coming up. One of my best friends is Malcolm Smith. Actually, he just got traded. To oh, the Raiders. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So that's exciting. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to be watching some more Raiders games this yes. year, but...
2: <laughs> and is there any unreleased Eazy-E music out there that you're going to put out with this documentary or there's actually nothing? Because I know Tupac has so much music, but Eazy-E, I don't hear anything. Oh,
3: yes. Tupac has so much music. Um, yeah. I was actually really good friends with Johnny J. He was a producer. He did a lot of the Tupac stuff and he had before he passed away a couple of years ago we would hang out in his studio. He had so many Tupac records, but I heard Tupac was doing like ten records a day. Yeah. Um, I don't I'm not sure about the music to be honest, I feel like if anybody has some it, you know, it might be Dre. That's something that I, I probably would love to ask him. Um mm. and Tamika probably owns it and uh she's not letting nothing
4: course, go. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so yeah. yeah. And I mean, anything anything like that that I could ever get my hands on and share with the world, I mean, I, I'm,
2: I definitely would be fighting for. And also, um, people want to know about Easy, how he passed away so early with HIV and AIDS within a, a couple-month period. Uh, they thought it was, you know, obviously a conspiracy, and they just want to know, like, what was the situation with that. And I heard it because re- he went to New York City. It was really cold out at the tunnel. He met with Ice Cube, and they, like, they saved their friendship. They talked, and then he walked— instead of getting a cab he walked back to the hotel and then he got really sick got ammonia then he went back to la and he got really really sick and then that's when it all went downhill i don't know is that is that accurate
3: um somewhat yeah um he did get sick and um you know they said he did have pneumonia or whatnot but there's a lot of details in there that that i can't give you right now but when i tell you it was very jaw it's very jaw-dropping like okay. when you watch this documentary, and you hear some of these facts. I mean, you're gonna be like, "Wow!" And then it'll all make sense to people at this point because cool. what person, you know, especially with money, um, yeah. you know, get something like that, and you get you don't just get full blown AIDS that fast. I mean, it starts off with HIV. You yeah. don't you don't yeah. die within a couple of months. I mean, that that that's just unheard of.
2: Yeah. Especially Magic Johnson and things like that. I
3: mean, yeah, I mean he's been living for forever at this point, you know, <laughs> yeah. to the point where his conspiracy theories are people saying he doesn't have it, you know, yeah, yeah, like that's what yeah. like, yeah, the guy has gotten to that point, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, you you don't you don't pass away that fast.
2: So I, f- I feel like we took a lot of your time up but I feel like I went over the time. I
3: know. You know, it's funny. I've been doing a lot of interviews, and I told my mother, actually, I'm like, you know, the, the coolest ones are the ones, uh, I like the people that know what they're talking about, and it kind of seems more like a friendship, and it's, it's easier, because yeah. I'm like, they're the ones who get the most out of me. I'm yeah. like, I don't know why some of these people don't do their jobs, right? Because I yeah. think they want to find out my stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, no, but I really appreciate you guys No problem. very it's- much.
2: Yeah, we were, I was watching some interviews while I was researching, and news outlets, like, they asked the most basic-ass questions, and I didn't want to ask you any of that. They asked you, like, the lamest—they <laughs> didn't know anything about Easy. they didn't know anything about hip-hop, and they asked the lamest questions yeah, about the movie. Yeah, it's been
3: very, very, very surface, you yeah. know, like, very, very yeah. repetitive, very surface, um— no, but I yeah I really appreciate this. I, you know, I, I could talk all day about yeah. it. I mean, that's nothing. I'm more passionate about it than my own father.
2: Yeah. So I just didn't want to get you ask offended questions and things of that nature. I just wanted you know because the Suge Knight, Jerry Holler, and all this, you know, your brother and everything of that. But you handled it very well, and I appreciate your time.
3: Oh, thank you so much.
2: Yeah, and uh, before we wrap up,
0: where can people you know check you out and you know learn more about who you are and what you're bringing to the table, um, especially uh, you know with your merchandise, the uh, documentaries. And uh, and all that stuff.
3: So everything, like all my social media, everything is all We Want E V. The website is WeWantEB.com, dot com. My Twitter, my uh, Instagram, SoundCloud, YouTube, um, Facebook. Everything is all We Want E V. And um, yeah, as, as more things develop, I mean, everything will be put up on my website. So even down to you know information on the documentary, um, you know, that's where you can purchase my hats. That's where you'll be able to keep up with my music. Um, you know, outside of like SoundCloud and YouTube, obviously. And um, you know, and hopefully, like I said, I can get this EP out in October, and so hopefully, people will just be waiting on that. All
4: right,
0: EB, nice. thank you nice. so much for your time.
3: Thank you, guys.
0: I'll see you. Thank you.
3: Hey, guys, this is Evie, and you're listening to Keep It Basement.